Blog Talk Radio. in to Debt-Free Wealth Radio. Trudy Behrman here. Our website is DebtFreeWealthRadio.com. Debt-Free Wealth Radio is a production of TrudyBehrman.com. If you're listening in on your mobile phone on the web or through iTunes podcasts, welcome. I invite you to come on board as we explore all things money that ultimately leads to empowering those who desire debt-free wealth to delete debt build wealth, and protect family assets through money education resources and opportunities. Let me guide you to debt-free wealth. Now, today's topic wraps up our tithing series, and today's topic is, Does Tithing Impact Financial Prosperity? Now, as I said, this was actually a four-part series, and the concept of tithing, giving that 10% of the first fruits of your harvest, Whatever your harvest may be, you know, it was documented in the Old Testament. Now, tithing today is a very hot, heavily debated topic amongst Christians and amongst those who occasionally visit church. Now, this four-part series has tried to join that global debate, not necessarily trying to create any definitive conclusions, but just to help the participants and the audience become very clear about exactly what they feel about this topic, and how and if their life and prosperity is impacted by this practice at all. Now, if you've missed any of the other shows in the series, please click through our radio archives and check them out. In part one, we looked at should tithing remain an Old Testament thing, and why do churches still insist on it today? Part two ended up being a repeat of part one because of the technical glitches I had while trying to air live from Jamaica while I was on vacation. But in part three, we picked up on the topic, should you tithe when you're broke and how? And we also touched on what should have been in part two, which was, you know, is uh, giving to charity an option to tithing. So today's part four, which wraps up the series, and does tithing impact financial prosperity? Like I said, this conversation can sometimes get heated. So remember, guys, faith is very personal. So as we participate and listen, just I, I want just you to be refreshed and to confirm within your heart and mind your position on this topic. Now, again, feel free to put your comments in the Facebook box below if you don't choose to call in. And if you do choose to call in, the phone number is 323-417-6775. Now, As a Christian and the host of Debt-Free Wealth Radio, I cannot help but admit that as I came to this topic, I came to it with a strong opinion. But having done the preparation for this series, it made me realize that even my Bible reading is still filtered through my life experiences. So as I looked at this topic, I really came to the conclusion that my strong position was influenced by my upbringing the churches I've attended, and, of course, my personal uh, devotion time as well as the preachings from the pulpit. So, guys, you know, as you come, as you review your position, you know, ideally you want to get your own personal answer. Understand it may be filtered through the lens of your experience, but ultimately you have a responsibility with your relationship 
with the Bible and with Christ. So make sure that you really have a firm position for yourself and you're not just rehashing somebody else's position. So here at Debt Free Wealth, any topic that has anything to do with money, particularly anything that deletes debt, builds wealth, or protects family assets is fair game. And without doubt, for the Christian, tithing is at the heart of all these three. So as we explore today, someone did submit a question. Um, Elaine submitted a question, and I will include her question with uh, – to the guests that I have today. I actually have a couple people calling in, but I have a very special guest with me today. Um, it's Reverend Dr. Jerry Gallimore, and I am going to throw some questions out to him. Um, and what I'm going to do, for those of you who are on the line, please hold. I do see that you're there. Um, you know what? Let me, uh, Dr. Gallimore, uh, let me just welcome you first here. Dr. Gallimore, are you there? Yes. Yes, I'm here, and it is uh, good to be on your program, and I trust that uh, what I have to say may be a blessing to somebody. Okay. Um, let me, you know, I'm going to take one of the callers. I'm going to put you on hold real quick, Dr. Gallimore. I'm going to get, take one of the callers and throw the question out to them just to start, just to hear what someone else says before I throw you in there. So I'm going to pick up um, line 270, uh, area code 270, I'm not sure who's calling there. And let me tell you how this is going to work. I am going to uh, throw out one, two, three, four, five questions to you. I just want yes or no answers for right now, okay? So 270, you are on. Hello? Hey, Trudy, it's Scott Spade. Scott, okay, here's what we're going to do, Scott. I'm going to start with just yes or no answers. Um, for you and the other person I see on, and I'll have Dr. Gallimore speak, and then I'll open the floor. Is that okay? So I know you okay. may be tempted to want to say some more right now, but let's just go with um, way in for me, for, as far as you're concerned, is tithing simply an Old Testament thing, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Are charities an option to the tithing funds, yes or no? Yes. If someone is broke, should they still tithe, yes or no? Yes. Does tithing impact financial prosperity in your mind, yes or no? Yes. All righty, great. I'm going to open the floor up to you. I'm going to put you back on hold real quick, Scott. And let's see who's on 215. 215, who am I speaking with? Yes, hi, Trudy. This is Aisha Catalano. Oh, one of my favorite people in the world, Aisha Catalano. Yes or no for right now, is tithing simply an Old Testament thing? No. Are charities an option to your tithing fund? Yes or no? Yes. If someone is broke, should they Still, bro- uh, still tithe. Yes. And does tithing impact financial prosperity? Yes. All righty. I will open back the floor. I promise you, please hold with me. And I'm going to have Reverend Dr. Jared Gallimore weigh in. And let me just get him back here on the line. So, Dr. Gallimore, as you've heard already, we have different opinions coming in. Uh, again, I just want to stress, guys, tithing really is a very personal position. But 
you know, Dr. Galmer is going to weigh in. You don't have to agree with him. That's fine. Um, this is a this is a discussion, not necessarily an emphatic answer for each one of us to walk away with. So, Dr. Gallimore, um, in your position, as far as you're concerned, uh, is tithing just an Old Testament thing? And if not, why do the churches still expect us to tithe today? Yes, like you say, this is a very interesting question, and it is one that is quite uh, hotly debated. Um, even in our present time, is tithing just an Old Testament thing? Well, let us admit that it is an Old Testament thing. It comes up um, in the book of Genesis, or first, I think, in Genesis 14, where Abraham presents a tithe to Melchizedek, which is a kind of a type of Christ. And then we have uh, Jacob in, in Genesis 28 in, in his um, pledging when God reveals himself to him. He says, if you will bring me back and you will bless me, I will tithe to you. And so we see tithing here preceding the law, which is usually where a lot of Christians um, have a problem, that tithing belongs to the law, and therefore we are freed by Jesus Christ from obligations to the law, so we are freed from obligations to tithing. I'd just like to point out that tithing preceded and predated the giving of the law. It was incorporated within the law, in my view, to strengthen it. It was practiced all the way up to the time of Jesus. And then we find in the New Testament that Jesus, in Matthew 23, 23, as I recall it, um, in reprimanding the Pharisees, he reprimanded them for tithing all kinds of even very small things, but some of the major things of the law they failed to do. Then he says this, these things you ought to have done. So in other words, I see Jesus underlining and still supporting the principle of tithing as we come into the New Testament. And so, in my view, it is an Old Testament thing, but it's been carried over into the New Testament. And so, <clears throat> churches still expect their members to tithe today. Now, this could be a long conversation, because I know especially the Apostle Paul in his writings in Galatians, telling us that we are freed from the obligations to the law, and brings in the principle of the death of Jesus Christ, his giving his all. In other words, in, in the New Testament era, in our time, I believe we should give above. So that would also include the tithe. I know it's a long answer, and I hope somehow I help somebody by that. Okay, and I want to add um, that actually Genesis 4, we have Cain and Abel starting this tithe, there was also no law in place. And also in Jesus, another example in the New Testament, when he refers to the woman's two coins, and he brings up that the Pharisees, etc., were tithing from their wealth, and she was giving all she had, which I think feeds into the more than 10% concept, at least for me it does. So I want to say, Dr. Gallimore, what triggered this show, too, and I, it kind of came, I was kind of hoping you'd have said it without me asking in the Why We Still Tithe Today, is um, what triggered this show was I saw a conversation on Facebook saying, well, we don't have Levites anymore, so why are we still tithing? Because in their minds, we were still financing the Levites, and so if we don't have Levites anymore, you know, as Christians, why are we tithing? Do you want to speak to that aspect? Yes, 
because, of course, as it was back in the Old Testament in all of time, there is a cost factor in maintaining the worship of God and the worship of God's house and those who are explicitly required to carry out uh, priestly duties. Now, in, in our uh, modern times, we must understand that if we maintain a house of worship, that there are all the contingent expenses connected with that. And if we expect to have people who are competent to be able to uh, interpret Scripture and to provide biblical answers to the numerous uh, questions that come before pastors and, and church staff, so we have to have some means of funding the work of God. And I do believe that God, in all of his wisdom, saw that right at the very outset, and knew that people, one, tithing says I have an obligation to God, that God who gives me life and gives me opportunity and gives me uh, the, the, the increase in my produce and in my work, that, we, that he deserves to have a place and to be recognized for who he is. And surely the cost of maintaining the house of God today is in the same proportion as uh, each one of us maintaining our home and so we, we don't have maybe uh, priests and Levites in the same sense, but we certainly have pastors, evangelists, ministers, and all the administration required for the house of God. So without a doubt, the need is there, and the church today could not survive and maintain its um, worship of God and all of the functions that it is there for, to care for the needy and provide for needs out there without the support in some kind of organized, systematic way of the people of God. Okay, thank you. Now, you've kind of answered this next question I was going to bring up, but I'll still ask it anyway. There was a survey conducted of the National Association of Evangelicals. It is a 100 board member of directors. Now, from that survey, it found that 42 evangelical leaders believe that the uh, Bible requires tithing, while the 58 do not. Now, Pat, uh, Reverend Gallimore, if you were polled in that survey, how would you have answered it? What, where would you stand? I would stand on the side that the Bible requires tithing. And my position would be that I completely agree with, uh, you know, with, with Paul uh, in his writings, especially in, the, in, in Corinthians, about um, the fact that our giving needs to come out of a sense of, of joy and worship and appreciation of all that God has done. In other words, I do believe that our giving now should go beyond the 10%. And therefore, I say in my belief and practice that it goes beyond the 10%. I believe it incorporates the 10%. I am afraid sometimes that when folks feel that we are not under any obligation to tithe, it is because they look for a justification to give less than 10%. And so that's where my concern would be. I do believe that um, I, I should give uh, my 10% belongs to the Lord. And my, my, my giving, my offerings uh, over and above so that I seek to give beyond my 10%. But I do that in recognition that that includes the minimum of the 10%. So it's, it's, 
kind of a hard answer, but I do believe that the Bible requires tithing from me and tithing from everybody. Some people recognize it, and they um, agree, and they happily uh, comply, and some others don't. And I think in some way or the other, maybe that tithe is extracted. Now, I don't want to speak for God, for I don't know his mind and everything, but I do believe that this is an obligation to all humanity in recognizing the role of God in their lives. You also made a comment. You said tithing and you said offering. And there's clearly then a difference. The tithe portion is where you say is a requirement, but offering is that joyful love addition. Uh, um, yes, that joyful love extra, because I'd like to think that I don't painfully give my tithe. If I'm going to give above the tithe, then I'm going to have joy in giving all of it. And in my understanding of, um, you know, of, of what the Bible expects the, the church to be doing in society, the proclamation of the gospel, but also all over the scriptures, there's a real concern for widows and orphans and, and the poor. You look at the life of Jesus and see him going about and doing so much good, feeding folks, healing folks. Um, giving such wonderful counsel to relieve the, the, the anxiety and the guilt of people. Then, and, and what he says in Matthew 25, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was naked, seems to indicate to me some things that as the church and as Christians we need to do, and therefore we cannot do this without um, uh, you know, giving and giving generously to the work of the Lord. Okay, wonderful. Um, now, so the next question. Uh, are charities an option to receiving that tithe fund instead of your church home? And there are lots of, you know, great charities out there. Do we have that option to say, well, this is my tithe, and I'm going to, instead of giving it to the church where I worship and fellowship, um, that I'm going to go ahead and decide that I'm going to give it to United Way or, you know, the Red Cross or something like that? Uh, yes, and I'm sure you know that, again, there will be various answers to this question. My feeling is that, yes, I have a responsibility to tithe and to give and to support God's work. And there may be some special instances where I have to consult him to say, Father, do I have your permission, your blessing, in order to give all of my uh, tithe and my support to this particular charity as against the other? My, my understanding of scripture is that the tithe is there particularly for the support of the house of God, for the support of those who maintain uh, that house of God and that worship and all the works and services that come out of that house of God. So I would feel that the church deserves to receive the tithe of its members. There may be some situations where um, you are either not in fellowship at the church, not happy with what's going on, but for me, you would have to consult with the Lord as to what to do. Now, on the other hand, let me say that there are a host of charities there that are carrying out some aspect of the biblical mandate of service to suffering humanity, to the proclamation of the gospel, to specialized areas that require carefully prepared individuals who must specialize and focus there. And I joyfully support um, those aspects of the kingdom of God. Um, I have 
actively participated in and supported uh, ministries like Youth for Christ, for instance, that uh, takes as its object the taking of the gospel specifically to the unchurched young people of the world. So they come alongside of the church and help the church to fulfill the ministry in a particular need. I see the same thing in child evangelism. I see the same thing in a whole number of works that are directed to relieving suffering, um, disaster relief, all things like that. And so I joyfully support, but I must say that I do believe that where I'm spiritually fed, where I go to worship, there are expenses there. So my tithe goes specifically to the house of God. My gifts, my offerings uh, go to the support of charities. Okay. Now, this is a big one because it is very, very uh, uh, relevant today. A lot of people, in fact, uh, I had another set of statistics that showed, uh, oh, gosh, I can't find it right this second. Oh, Empty Tomb, Inc. They also did a study focusing on mainline denominations, but it included some evangelical Protestant bodies. They analyzed church tithing patterns from 1968 to 2009, and they determined that tithing to churches has reached its lowest in 41 years. Now, that may or may not be attributed to the current status of the economy. So if someone is broke, should they still tithe, and how would they do that? Well, you know, my understanding of the tithe is that I have an obligation to give back to God in, in worship and appreciation 10% of my income and my increase. If I have no income and I have no increase, then I theoretically have no means of calculating a tithe and giving a tithe. Now, if we, for a lot of people, any gift to the church, any offering to the work of the Lord is considered tithe. So for me, the tithe is 10% of my income and my increase. If I have no income and I have no increase, then I have no ability to calculate the tithe. And therefore, I would feel that I'm going to say, Father, just as soon as you bless me and change my circumstances, yes, I will be able to tithe. However, if what you mean is that my expenses are more than my income, then I have a different situation because you do have an income. And the moment you have an income, then you can calculate the tithe, and that tithe belongs to God. Now, we are broke if our expenses exceed our income, but that may have something uh, a lot more to do, do with discipline and with stewardship and so. I, I interpreted your your use of the word broke as somebody who has no income at all, then I would feel they have no basis to calculate. Um, But if you have some income, I I believe the tithe should be the first thing that comes in my budget as I earn that income so that I recognize and give God his first place. And then I have to trust him in, in how I am a steward uh, for the rest of that money. And I encourage everybody to listen to last week's show because we, we dealt with this in a, a little bit more. You know, I mean, Uncle Sam takes his more than 10% off the top before you see your paycheck. 
um, you know. So anyway, well, that was discussed a little bit more in last week's show. Now, last question, and then I'm going to open up the floor. Um, without pandering to the trending prosperity gospel, to what extent do you see tithing impacting someone or your prosperity, prosperity in general? Well, for me, um, any time I am in obedience to what God requires and what the Word of God requires, then I, I can freely expect to come under the promises and the blessings of God. Clearly, if I am in disobedience, I can hardly expect peace of mind, nor can I expect the blessing of God. And so as I see and read in the scriptures, yes, there is a connection, in my humble opinion, between being faithful in supporting the work of God by tithing and my offerings, because I see where uh, the, the Lord says, you, there's a verse in Second Corinthians 9, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. For God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. And then, of course, uh, you know, that famous verse in Malachi 3 and verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse and prove me now, says the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing such as you don't have room to receive. So I, I see a connection. I don't believe that I am bribing God to bless me when I give the tithe. I just see that I am being in obedience and somehow in the economy of God, the nine-tenths that I am left to be steward over. I have God's blessing and intervention. And that nine-tenths, you forgive my, my, my poor mathematics here, that nine-tenths is able to do more than the ten-tenths would have done if I had not um, worshipped God with my tithe. And so it is with that kind of confidence that I believe that God will help me to meet my expenses, that I will enjoy his blessing and that blessing doesn't necessarily have to be financial but surely that can be a part of it and so i do uh, believe that it it impacts to some extent uh, you know the, the the abundance or the lack of it that comes into uh, someone's life okay thank you i'm going to open the line now um and uh, scott and aisha and if anyone else wants to call in um you know Ask your question, throw out your comment, share your heart. You know, I, the, the lines are completely open, guys, so be nice. Um, go ahead and, uh, and contribute. Scott or Aisha, either of you have anything yes. to ask? Me? Yes. Absolutely. Trudy, can you hear me okay? Uh, yes, I can hear you. Wonderful. I wholeheartedly... Uh, agree with what the pastor said There was one thing that really Struck out for me um, If I am disobedient How can I expect the blessing Of God and that's absolutely True and that's um, what I Have experienced and what I believe In my own personal life In that tithing is just one Of the many things that we As believers are called To do and so oftentimes. You know, we just get caught up in the things that are of the world, and we feel like 
if, you know, I give this that I have, then something else may have to suffer or I won't be able to do, you know, these worldly things with my money because I am tithing or, you know, anything of that nature. And what people have a hard time realizing is that when they are faithful with, you know, with the things that they have, then those things will be blessed. So it has a lot to do with, you know, being being obedient and really truly putting our faith and trust in the word of God and that God will bless Amen. you know, bless us Amen. and bless our finances and bless, you know, all of the other areas of our lives. And it's just that for many people, not all, but for many, those finances and that, you know, almighty dollar, that's the hardest thing for a lot of people to part with. Which is something, which is a reason why I believe that you know there was so much emphasis uh, placed on you know tithing uh, in the Bible. Of course, God knew exactly what He was doing, and that especially in America, you know, if you're looking at the TV and media and so many other things, you know, everything's vying for our attention and our money, and you know, we live in a, a, a consumer's you know society. And it's so hard for individuals to part with that money, not realizing that sometimes that is the very thing that is blocking the blessings that we wish we had only because we are not being faithful in every area of our lives. It just so happens that when it comes to money, that's one that uh, is the very last thing for believers to turn over to God, not realizing that we're called to have that be the very first Thing that we that we cheerfully give. Wow. Uh, you have anything to add? No, I, yeah, I just think that. She, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. No, you go ahead, please. I, you know, I have to agree. I, I think that um, people don't like when their finances are tight. But one of the things that I've noticed in my own life is that. Even when when finances were tight, and I, I was able, may not have been able to give ten percent, but I was able to give something. That God took that and He blessed it, and He always provides for those who are faithful and those who are obedient to His word. And for me, right now, in my own personal life, the word obedient continues to to be um, to, to come up into my own life, and that's the message that God continues to. You tell me, Scott, just be obedient. Scott, just be obedient. Be faithful in the small things. And, you know, people get this idea, well, I've got to tie 10%. I've got to give 10%. I believe that if if you've got, you know, a $100, $100 bill, $100 worth of bills, and you've got $150 to your name, and you can give $5, God's going to take that $5, and he's going to bless it, even though it's not 10%. It may be 1%. And he says, you know, Begin with where you are, and then build up as as God increases your you in favor. So I agree absolutely. That's an interesting concept, uh, Reverend Gallimore. Be- begin where you are, and as your faith increases, um, how does that? Yeah, well, I, I can't I can't fault that as you know. Begin where you are. Um, while you are recognizing that you're not quite fulfilling what I think the biblical mandate is, um, surely I, I I don't think of God as being up there, you know, keeping that kind of uh, 
record or not. He failed again to give his tithe, and so I'm going to punish him. So in that, in that, in that light, which I think is the spirit in which that gentleman spoke, of, of recognizing God's place in our lives and, and responding to God. And as, as, uh, as you come into that greater uh, revelation of God's word and that greater submission to him, then you joyfully, joyfully give. God gave so much in Jesus Christ, um, and, and he, Jesus, gave his entire life. He died on the cross for, for, for our sins. And so the challenge is for us to give our everything, seek him first, make him first in our lives. But we cannot ever outgive God. And Aisha uh, kind of mentioned that, that whole uh, attitude almost, so saying that word. Is that in one of the shows I mentioned, like, if, if you gave $1,000 to your college graduate versus taking the same $1,000 out of your wallet to, say, pay an, uh, you know, a utility bill, it's still $1,000 out of your wallet, but the spirit with which you hand it over is completely different when you're giving that love gift to your college graduate than when you feel like you're paying this tax, you know, you know, something that's mandatory. So that was, you know, wow. Well, I have another question for you, and then if, you know, if there's more conversation, great. If not, we'll kind of wrap this up. Um, if, there are, if, if a person is in a marriage, you know, they're in a partnership, and, you know, one of your spouse does not agree, you know, you're, you, you know, I'm always teaching, you know, if you're married, you're going to share a budget of some sort, you're going to share income at some point, there's going to be a pooling. If one partner does not agree with the tithing, what do you say, Pastor, to the partner that does want to tithe? Yeah, that, that is, a, that's a tough question, uh, and uh, uh, I, I think a lot is going to happen at the you know the level of the relationship and the trust and so respect for each other and their position within the marriage. Surely, um, as a pastor, my understanding of uh, the precepts of the uh, of God, uh, no one wants to actively engender division between you know uh, married couples. You you don't want to set up that kind of division. And yet I feel one must be honest always to say this is my conviction, this is my understanding of Scripture and my obligation to God, and, and, and this is where I would like to be in terms of my joyous response to God so that your partner will know what your convictions are, what's going to be the source of release and blessing where you are concerned. And it may be that it will have to be a, a, a compassionate sharing of your own conviction and the basis for that conviction so that hopefully if your partner is also a Christian, uh, they will um, see where you are coming from, just as hopefully you can understand where they are coming from. It is a tough question, but I'm still of the opinion that uh, the principles that are laid down there in the Word of God are the ones we must always be aspiring towards and seeking to reach. And I'm sure that God, who knows the desire and the intent of our hearts, um, may be in a situation where uh, a husband or whoever is the head of that household is saying, we will not do this. 
then I am sure God will be understanding of the heart of the other and the intent of the other uh, to fulfill uh, His word. I I, I can't I, I can't uh, I don't want to see uh, tithing or for that matter becoming a point of real uh, obstacle and division between between couples. The, the Do you guys have anything to do? Yeah, would would be a very important one. Do you guys have anything I to mean, say to that? Yes, I absolutely uh-uh. do, especially as a as a woman. Um, I'm so glad, Trudy, that you asked that question because, believe it or not, I was um, thinking about it, and I I didn't have the question formulated, but I could not have articulated any better than you just did. Um, so in response to that, I'm so glad to hear the answer. Um, as a woman uh, who's been a believer for a very long time, and my husband is a newer Christian, um, that's come up in conversation, and it's, he's very new to just the entire uh, lifestyle and just everything that comes along with being a Christian. However, I have always uh, been a tither. Um, so we are... Uh, trying to, you know, navigate through this very thing in our own lives. And at the end of the day, um, because we've only been married for a short while, it'll be almost three years. So not only are we growing together as a couple, but also as a couple with, you know, a relatively new believer. So I am very appreciative over the uh, the advice that I just received, and I do intend to continue this conversation in my own household and one thing that I have resolved to do is just to continue to put it in the Lord's hands and continue to pray about it because I also understand my role as the wife in that, yes, I may feel that, you know, this is important to me and this is how, um, you know, I've always been brought up to, to live and to be as a Christian. However, I have to understand that I can't just, you know, take the spoon and shove it down my husband's throat and tell him that this is how, you know, this is what we're going to do as a household. Yes, I can, you know, offer my um, my opinions and my information and everything else, but ultimately um, I'm I am to submit to my husband as we both, you know, submit to to the Lord. So I am in, you know, in that very situation now and just, you know, fully committed that the Lord will work it out in my household because ultimately we are trying to be the best that we can be for him and his will. So uh, thank you so much, Trudy, for asking that question and for the answer received. And I thank you for that testimony because uh, this is a real-life situation you are going through. And I feel that as you work through this and as you pray about it and seek God on it, the Lord is going to honor that. And uh, maybe someday, as you say, your husband may come to the point of feeling this is what God is saying to him, and it becomes his personal conviction. But until that time, uh, you know, God makes him the head of that household and and so I would just suggest that you would keep doing exactly what you're doing. So he will know where your heart is, but at the same time that you want to follow his leadership in this, and you're just praying that God will show him from his word exactly what he should be doing as a servant of the Lord. Scott is head of your household. I'm sorry? Scott? As head of your household, um, I don't know what your situation was. What would you say to a couple going through this? Well, you know, I have 
I have had the privilege of of doing premarital counseling and and marrying many couples and tithing and money is always one of the the first issues that comes up and and there's always you know occasionally I should say there's there's one um, one of the part of the couple that that has never been a part of a tithing family or understood the concept and um, and there's one that that does and and I you know I agree with with the doctor that um, it's a matter of having sitting down and having a conversation and saying this is um, you know this is this is what I believe this is what I feel and trying to come to some kind of an agreement and and continuing to pray for the spouse that that doesn't and and pray that God will continue to open up the scripture and open up their heart and their mind that they see you know this is a biblical principle number one and number two that just like the saying says, a praying family, you know, stays together. Um, I think a tithing family seems to um, find so much more financial freedom and they're not having to struggle with a lot of those financial arguments when when they're doing what God has, has asked them to do and they're being obedient because God's going um, to honor that. And I think that um, it's, it's been my experience that a lot of couples, you know, will come around, that, that spouse will come around and say, you know, you're right. Um, we, we don't seem to have the argument. We may not have all the money we want, but we don't seem to have the argument when we're as stressed over it because God just seems to work it out. Awesome. Now Wonderful. we have just under three minutes uh, in the show. So I'm just going to throw something out there. Uh, I just want you to be thinking about it. We don't have time to discuss it. But uh, it was a story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts. I'm just going to read this really quick. Um, Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold and after it was sold? Wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? And that such a thing was pretending to tithe it all when he really didn't. He only gave a portion, but he was pretending for whatever recognition issue. That's what he did. And you have not lied just to human beings, but to God. And verse 5 says, when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who, all who had heard what had happened. Now, I'm not saying that we're all going to keel over and die, but I think the concept that I got out of this is it is our choice. What God has blessed us with, before we tithe it and during the whole process of earning the income, it was within our hands and our choice. And when we pretend for show or for whatever, God knows exactly what's going on. In this case, Ananias dropped dead. For some of us, it may be, you know, a few years later or some hardship in life. I don't know. That's the Bible. But, okay, thank you, guys. Now, listen, guys, I want you to know that as uh, next week we're going to start a brand-new series, a brand-new series. And what we're doing next week, starting next week, is on Death Through Wealth Radio, is we're going to look at a series on lifestyle versus Survival, lifestyle versus survival. Part one will be keeping up with the Joneses. Are we Ebenezer or Ebenezer Scrooge? What what people? Why people spend? Keeping up with the Joneses. Joneses. Why people spend? Part two will be enduring life versus enjoying life. 
how to move from surviving to thriving. Part three will be creating the lifestyle you want, the secret to time, money, freedom. And part four will be how to live well on a modest budget. So thank you for joining me today on Debt Free Wealth Friday. Did we do it, guys? Did we deliver value to you today? If so, please, I'd appreciate it if you'd give us some love in return by clicking the like button and following our show. And if you have a product, service, or opportunity that helps others delete debt, build wealth, and protect family assets, then follow our show, send us a message, and we'll tell you how you, too, can be on Debt Free Wealth Radio. Thank you all. 